fucking tree service on my property cutting up logs and it's very loud and it's probably going to happen the entire podcast so I'm sorry about that but welcome to Butch in the morning my name is Butch in the morning my name is Butch it's not the morning it's 2 11 p.m. but I am Butch so it's Butch in the morning welcome to Butch in the mo- Butch in the morning um thank you for being here um we got a few things I want to talk about today um oh first I want to bring back the two songs you should listen to because my music taste is better than yours so I want to help you out uh the first song which you heard when the podcast started is Cortez the Killer that's by Neil Young uh it's my favorite song ever um it's not on Spotify because Neil Young tried to go toe-to-toe with Joe Rogan and Spotify said oh it's either you or Joe Rogan well we just spent a hundred million dollars on Rogan so I think uh you could get the fuck out of here uh so Neil Young took all his music off which sucks because he's my most listened to artist but you know what are you gonna do so find it probably on Apple Music uh definitely on YouTube Cortez the Killer. Uh, the second song, which I really like, is Leave Something Behind by Sean Rowe. I think it's R-O-W-E. Um, that is a good song. Uh, you might know it. It's the ending credits song, like the final song they play, and then the credits roll at um, in uh, The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Great movie, by the way. Uh, so listen to those two songs. They're fun. Um, Cortez the Killer is kind of like an ode to a time of South American prosperity. Um, He says some things that are a little weird, uh, but um, it's cool and it's solemn. But uh, Neil Young said it's his best guitar work he's ever done. It's, um, he had a riff in mind and then he kind of just improvised uh, like the whole song uh, except for the lyrics and then um i don't know anything about leave something behind except it's pretty cool and if you look at the music video of that song on insta on uh, youtube sorry um he's a pretty cool looking guy so yeah listen to those two songs um let me pause and we'll get into the rest of the podcast ah okay um so let's get into uh the first thing I kind of wrote down, um, I was having this argument, it was a while ago, but then I come, I came up with a great response after the argument, uh, so I want to play that out in my head right now. Um, I was having an argument with this girl who was raised very religious, uh, I think Irish Catholic, or, yeah, I think she's Irish Catholic, um, and she was talking about, uh, she lives in Jersey. She was talking about um, how abortion of any kind, hot topic, is is wrong in that it should never, it should be the rarest thing in the world. It should never happen. Um, she kind of gave a little leeway that, you know, if it's to save the mother, then that's understandable. But in any other case, like uh, rape or incest, um, 
or that the child um, is, is going to be known to have severe disabilities, that those are no-nos, no uh, to not do it. But then she gave me this weird kind of argument, which I think she was just spitballing, um, where she said that, you know, oh, what if you abort a kid and that kid was the one who was going to, you know, cure cancer? And, you know, that's a insane what-if argument. But then I was thinking, okay, let's 180 that. What if the kid was to cure cancer? Well, what if that kid was Gavrilo Princip, the Serbian nationalist who shot Archduke Franz Ferdinand and started World War One? So he was, you know, I think 18 at the time, and it was 1914, so he was probably born in 1896, where um, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, who is the son of the king of Austria-Hungary, who kind of, Austria-Hungary kind of owned Serbia in a way. You know, back then, having your own sovereign nation was a little iffy to begin with, um, and let alone being a small nation, historically owned by someone else. Um, they weren't happy, but the Archduke, you know, came and did a whole military parade in, a, in front of a country that he owns. Bad idea, because people tried to kill him. One of those people was a guy named Gavrilo Princip, who um, was successful. So what if he was that guy? And then, you know, you follow that rabbit hole, the whole what if argument, because she started it. So let's just keep going with it. Well, what if that guy was never born? Well, then he never shoots Archduke Franz Ferdinand, which means World War One doesn't happen. If World War One doesn't happen, then the... Uh, the nation of Germany doesn't have to go through the Reformation period after they were completely fucking destroyed during World War One, which means that this whole rise in fascism and autocratic dictatorships doesn't happen in that area, which means then you don't get Hitler and you don't get World War Two. Well, if you don't get World War Two, then you don't get the complete, pretty much collapse of the Russian Empire. Now, although Russia is victorious in World War II with the Allies, they were still pretty fucked up from it. They lost a lot of people, and all the civilians were not fucking happy with how things were going. So if you don't get that, then you don't get the fall of the Tsar of Russia, Tsar Nicholas II. Um, I don't know if he was the last one, but if he wasn't, then he was the second to last Tsar. I think he was, though, because his son was anemic, and I don't think he lived very long. Um, and that's how czars were chosen. It was just the kid of the czar. You know, they had a czar in Germany at the time, but he wasn't called the czar, but that's what it was. All these monarchies were just whoever was born. So then you don't get the formation of the Russian Federation, which is all those, you know, Eastern Bloc countries like uh, Belarus, Ukraine, uh, the Slovaks, uh, Czechoslovakia, or whatever they were before that. Uh, Lithuania, Eastern Germany, stuff like that. Well, if you don't get that, then you don't get the rise in tensions between communist countries, which Russia was starting to uh, get into, and capitalist countries. Well, if you don't have that huge tension between capitalism and communism, you don't get the Cold War. If you don't get the Cold War, then you don't get the incredible arms race that the Cold War brought about. If you don't get that, then you don't get the... Uh, wars that followed to stop the spread of communism in places like the Middle East and Korea and Vietnam. You don't get those, 
then you don't get the death of Kennedy because uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. How do I? F well, whoever shot Kennedy uh, had ties to communism and was just a madman who wanted to fuck up, you know, the course of America. You don't get all of that, then you don't get that incredible strife that happened in the Middle East over these two warring nations having a proxy war in the Middle East. If you don't get that, then you don't get the rise of uh, fundamentalist Islamic regimes in those areas to bring back the glory days of the Middle East, which they had. They had those. That, if you look at Iran in the 50s, it was like America. Shit was awesome. Not anymore. If you don't get those Islamic fundamentalists rising, uh, then you don't get the surge of global terrorism. If you don't get the surge in global terrorism, then you don't get 9-11. So Gavrilo Princip being born in 1896 killed 2,977 people in New York, Pennsylvania, and D.C. in uh, September 01. So what if? What the fuck if? All right? God. All right, so that was my uh, rant to open this up. Um, obviously, pretty stellar holes in that argument, but that's the whole idea, that's the whole concept of what I was getting. I'm, I'm trying to make that the point. What if isn't a good argument? It's a terrible argument. God. What are you, the fucking future police? Is this minority report? Just, oh, well, yeah, what if exactly? All right, so let's not. Um, I listen to a lot of comedy Pandora at night. Um, I switch between either I have this soft kind of playlist, which is a lot of like acoustic songs and piano songs uh, to go to bed to. But if I'm not feeling that, then I'll just throw on comedy Pandora, set a, a timer for like an hour, and then I usually fall asleep before it stops. But on the cam comedy Pandora stations, also the, the best ones are probably uh, Gary Goleman. Com, uh, Pandora Station and Louis C.K. Pandora Station. Uh, those are the best. Um, during those, there's a Pandora uh, commercial. I forgot what it is, but this woman is like, have you gone food shopping lately or had to get gas? Literally everything costs more than it used to, which made me think, is that the case? Does everything literally cost more than it used to? And let's not do the whole, like, well, inflation kind of argument. Let's just look at, you know, the bare bones of that statement. Is that true? And I could really only think of two off the top of my head. If you have more, think about them. Let me know. Um, because it seems like everything costs more, right? Like, eggs cost more. Uh, property taxes usually cost more. Um, gas, of course, costs more, uh, food, you know, general food, lumber costs more, uh, you have to pay higher wages for people, even though that, that's where the inflation thing comes in, because it's not really, uh, the cost of the dollar, if you look back at how people are getting paid, it's like the same amount, um, but there are two things that really stick out, one is, uh, USB memory sticks, Remember when they, you know, remember having a PlayStation 2 and you had to get the extended memory? It looked like a little floppy disk. You'd stick it in. It was like 30 bucks and you got like less than a gigabyte of memory. And now you have like 64 gig USB sticks that are like five bucks. 
So there's one, definitely, even though that's kind of outdated. And then another one, which is obviously outdated, digital cameras. You could still buy a digital camera if you go to like Best Buy or Radio Shack. I mean, that's still a thing. Some people still use them, like old foreign tourists use them. Although with iPhones now, it's kind of obsolete, but you could still do it and they're still a lot cheaper. They used to be hundreds of dollars. Now you could probably get a digital camera for like $29.99. So, yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Interesting to me. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Let me... Uh, I, I, I pause after each segment I do. So let me do another pause. I'll be right back. Okay. So, I was thinking about um, some stand-up bits. They... Well, every, uh, scientists will say that you're, you're most creative at 9 in the morning. I don't know what kind of test or study they did to figure that out. But that's the overall consensus is that early morning is when the brain is the most creative. Um, not for me, because I'm not up at nine. Um, for me, it's when I throw on the comedy Pandora at night before bed, and then I can't get to bed because I'm thinking about all these things. And I'm like, oh, that's a funny joke. How can you make that better? Which is an absurd thing to say about a world-class comedian. But, you know, that's me. And so I'm like, oh, you know, you could twist that this way or, or do something like that. Now, I have a couple jokes, I think, um, you know, just ideas, they're not fully formed, um, because I'm not a comedian, but I think it's kind of funny, so I'll just read what I have down, um, it's not really the best, uh, but, you know, fuck you, so, um, everyone knows Yoko Ono, right, you know, that, the Japanese girl who, uh, married John Lennon, and everyone you know, can say what they want about that, because that led to, you know, but, um, I like to think that she was related to the Japanese admiral, Hirohito, uh, who was the architect behind the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and she just wanted to keep her, probably, her grandfather's legacy alive, you know, that spirit, and in doing so, just keep fucking with things that white people like, you know, like rock music and submarines, so, it's silly, but that's, that's a joke that I thought would be funny, you know, because submarines, Pearl Harbor, and then also Yellow Submarine from the Beatles. It ties in. It needs to be said a little bit better, and my timing's not great, but we'll get there. And then, and then I thought about this. I won't let this one go, because there is something here, but it's such a bad joke. <laughs> but there is something, if you could do it right. And... It's, I was, I was taking my clothes from the washing machine and I threw them in the dryer and I spun, you know, the, you know, the dryer has like, it's no longer just like you fucking click on the dryer and it goes on. There's like whole settings like cottons or high heat or low heat or delicates and say, whatever. Um, so I threw it on the, um, uh, the regular cottons and they have more dry as a setting. And if you spin it too far, it spins to less dry. And I was thinking, what do you mean less dry? That's relative. My clothes are wet. I don't want them less dry than wet. That's more wet. Less dry is more wet. 
It's just the opposite. I don't want more wet clothes. Why would I? Who wants that? You ever, like, wear socks around your house and there's a little water spilt on the kitchen floor that you don't notice? And you step in it and you're like, fuck, now I got a wet bottom of a sock. I never thought to myself, like, hey, you know that shit fuck feeling of a wet sock? I want that to cover my whole body. I love that. Give me less dry clothing. You know, great feeling. So, <laughs> there's something, I'm telling you, there's something there. Haven't found it yet, but I like that idea. So, I'm going to keep workshopping that one. Um, and then this is something that uh, I thought of as I was taking my walk today. Um, I was wearing all black just because I have like black sweatpants and a black sweatshirt and it's comfortable. So that's what I'm going to walk in. And I don't like all gray because I have that combo too. All gray. Um, you know, I'm terrified of wearing all gray because if you did that in high school, you got made fun of. So I was wearing all black. I had a black beanie on and I had a scarf around my, you know, around my neck because I'm still, I still have this head cold. So I didn't want to just be breathing in frost fucking air. So I'm wearing all black bandana. It's like I'm skiing. Only my eyes are visible and I have a backpack on because I was, I walk to the store. I pick up like some water and some snacks, walk back. Don't want to carry that. So I throw it in my backpack and I walk with my hands in my uh, my hoodie's front pocket. Now, I like to walk... The The route I take to get into town takes me past the Hampton Bays High School. So now, <laughs> I'm walking through the, the, the street that the high school is on, wearing all black with a hoodie and a mask, essentially, and a backpack with my hands not showing. And... There's, you know, a cop stationed to this particular area who just does, like, he walks the beat, but in his car, drives around, and, like, he drove past me. He didn't stop or anything, because, you know, we're in Hampton Bays. No one expects it to happen in your town. But, you know, it's a little weird. He should have, he probably should have stopped and said, hey, the fuck are you doing? You know, you look like you're about to kill kids. But then I thought, I'm 28. Who who goes to a school to shoot it up that you didn't that you're not in? Everyone who shoots up a school is a student in the school, for the most part. The only person I could think that wasn't a student in a school that was part of a, ho a high-profile school shooting was that girl. I think it was in New England North, where she lived across the street from a school and uh, tried to shoot kids that were walking out. And then that's the you know that song where it's like. Uh, I hate Mondays so much. Stuff like that. It was like, I hate Mondays or something. That's the statement she gave to the police. Why did you do it? She's like, I just don't like Mondays. And then some uh, female artist wrote that song. But she lived right across the street from the school. She probably hated the happiness that kids had because she was probably depressed as fuck. But yeah, that's, you know, stop me because I look suspicious. But also... I'm not a student in that school. I'm not going to fucking shoot it. So that's a weird left turn I decided to take on this podcast. But, uh, okay, we're going long. I'm at 20 minutes. Um, we got to keep these kind of quick or else you lose listener attention. So uh, I want to go into, I wrote a list of my favorite TV show characters. 
and I'm gonna pull that up so just give me a minute okay so this is my list of my favorite TV show characters obviously these are just shows that I've watched um, and I I don't have the energy to put them in order I think that's weird to do a top 10 where everything's in order especially when you're talking about this um, for me TV shows, movies, I, I, I'm a total cinephile. It's very visceral for me, um, being a very anxious person who doesn't get to live in these crazy worlds. You get to kind of put yourself in them. So it's a lot of fun. I really relate to certain characters in certain shows, or I just really aspire, not aspire, but I really enjoy them. Um, I get to pretend like, oh, what if that was me? You know, that's an interesting concept. So let me go through my top 10 favorite TV show characters in no particular order. At number 12, we have Hugo Reyes from Lost, or Hurley. Um, Lost, great show um, for like, you know, the first five seasons. Um, got a little weird at the end because they didn't know how to finish it, but that's fine. Um, I love the show, but Hugo was the perfect comedic relief. He wasn't just there to only be funny. He had a total backstory. He was a very ranged, emotional person. But he was, most scenes was just funny and enjoyable and likable. Loved him. Number 11 in my top 10 is Hank Moody from Californication. He is the hopeless, romantic, depressed, alcoholic, drug addict writer. Um, who hit it big with one book and then hasn't been able to live up with that. And it's basically just a, a love story about him and his wife or ex-wife, Karen. They have a child together. Um, gr I forgot her name. Grace, maybe? I don't know. Um, he was great because when I was in my depressed alcohol drinking phase, I was like, that's the guy I want to be. That romantic artist who's tortured but of course I was just sitting in my room watching a show instead of being an artist um, but I really liked that character he was really funny, had great one-liners and you know I just liked it uh, number 10 in my list is Harvey Specter from Suits, I think that's his name um, he's great because he's one of those characters that's extremely smart and has like those awesome kind of like he's a lawyer at a law firm and he's kind of has those takedown moments you know that are like very enjoyable if you're watching a show where he just fucks someone up with his smarts and his savviness in law um and he's very hot and classy and um he gets to hook up with a lot of hot girls so that's fun and even his number two i can't think of his name but um who's actually the lead of the show. Harvey's kind of his mentor. Brings him on, shows him the ropes. Um, and also Meghan Markle is in that show. And she's very hot, but you don't get to see her naked, so kind of a waste. Number nine, uh, no list, cannot have Ari Gold from Entourage. And my little note I have here is, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean literally, come on. That guy, phenomenal character. Oh, and also, sorry, this list is, I'm, I'm kind of doing like 50% the character, as in, imagine any actor playing that character, so the, the character as written on the page. But you can't not, you know, take into account who played the character, obviously. So it's a little bit of both. 
some people are more the character, some people are more the actor. That's the way this list is. So Ari Gold, I think Jeremy Piven is great for that character, but also just that character written is amazing. I love how his his freak out moments are amazing. I love his targeted misogyny and racism. It's it's so accurate, especially for someone if you don't know who Ari Gold is in Entourage, he is a um uh fuck what's that word? He's not your manager, he's your agent in Hollywood. So he's the agent of the main character in Entourage and, you know, you you get a lot of great scenes with Ari Gold. Number eight on my list is Gregory House from House MD. Um, everyone knows House, um, the show. Didn't know it was called House MD until I had to look up uh, what it was called for this list. But, I mean, he's great. He's played by Hugh Laurie, I think his name is, who's British, um, but does an amazing American accent. I mean, this guy's incredible from the first episode. He's like a Harvey Specter in the way that he's so smart in the field he works in. But I enjoy the range of this character because he has incredible ups and downs. He lives solely for the purpose of figuring out why these people are sick. He cares about nothing else. He has pretty much one friend. He loves friendship but would never show it. He loves his employees, would never show it. He loves helping people. He'd never seem that way when you talk to him. It's just great. I like that. I like a character like that where they're so, so dedicated to what they do that all other things just take a backseat to it. And that fucks with his life, obviously. He gets in trouble. He loses his wife. People don't want to work for him anymore. The cast, you know, in the show splits up because people want to do other things. But he's still him and he's still going to do him and he's still going to save patients once a week odd schedule to save lives but he does it number seven on my list april ludgate from parks and rec my first tv show love and crush she is just a teenager who works at the parks and rec department at this fictional town and uh is like an, an anomaly she hates everything the only thing that she likes is um, Chris Pratt's character. Um, but she's incredibly funny, very dry, and um, like I said, I fell in love with her. She's played by Aubrey Plaza, uh, who's also extremely attractive and awesome. Number six on my list is Gilfoyle from Silicon Valley. Um, this is one of those ones where I think you could have a different actor play it because the writing for him is really what shines. He's a coder who works with, uh, you know, all the main characters to build this uh, company. And he is great. He's very good at his job, but also he's incredibly dry humored. He pranks people a lot. He has excellent one-liners that are totally different. I mean, he's his own man. He has in no way... In, he is in no way similar to anyone else. Um, I uh, really liked him. Then we have on number five, Kevin from The Leftovers, the main character, played by Justin Thoreau. A solid character. Um, but this is one where it's the opposite. The actor is the one who really sells this character. If you want to look up some of the best Kevin moments from The Leftovers, I mean, Justin Thoreau 
just fucking nails it. The vulnerability of this character is amazing. He plays a cop who is in this weird scenario where 2% of the world just disappears, and that has nothing really to do with the show. The whole show is just character development and this man versus God uh, primal kind of argument. You know, how they have man versus nature, man versus man, man versus God, man versus self or ideas. Um, this is man versus God, and it's a total vulnerable character who just cannot handle the inexplicable and refuses to attribute it to a religious scenario, which the whole world tries to do. Because, you know, 2% of the world just disappeared. With no explanation, scientists couldn't nail it down. What other option is there? Uh, a sort of rapture. Um, so that's three seasons. It's my favorite, second favorite show on television. It ended a while ago. And... Um, the, th the second and third season, they really just... I mean, that machine starts fucking humming. And it's some of the best TV I've ever seen. The third season might be actually the best season of television I've ever seen. Um, so I would... Out of all these shows, I would recommend watching The Leftovers. Uh, number four, Bronn from Game of Thrones. Obviously, if I had to pick one Game of Thrones character, it was either between him or Tyrion. Tyrion is great, but... Uh... I can't put him on the list because I like Bronn so much because he's just the ride-or-die paid assassin who just, if you pay him his money, he'll do whatever the fuck you want. You know, give me ten good men and I'll impregnate the bitch. That's him. He'll he'll do it. Um, I really like him. Number three, Homer Simpson from The Simpsons. Easy choice for me. If I had to put one animated character on here, it's Homer Simpson. If you don't like The Simpsons as much as you like Family Guy put Peter Griffin in this spot. Same deal. I like The Simpsons a little bit more because I grew up with it. Um, and also, I like the I like the dry humor of The Simpsons a little bit more than the gotcha, absurd comedy of Family Guy. Both stellar. Don't get me wrong. Both are stellar. Either Homer Simpson or Peter Griffin can be in this spot. But I tend to gravitate more towards The Simpsons' style of comedy. Um, number two is Toby Ziegler from The West Wing. The West Wing is my favorite show on television, um, mostly because Aaron Sorkin was the writer. Uh, Toby Ziegler is played by Richard Schiff. He's in some other movies. You'll see him as like a B character in movies here and there. Good, but he, I mean, he excels with a great writer. So uh, Toby Ziegler in The West Wing is awesome. He improvised a lot of the guys. Um, movements and idiosyncrasies that's what he improvised um he would have like a little notebook you know and he would just have it in his scene you know reading you know he would also write some of his lines in his notebook but because it was so attached to this guy's hand it was just a really cool thing to see him have it to see him work with it uh to work with the cast he did amazing and then number one on the list this is again in no particular order is omar little i think his last name is little uh, from The Wire. Uh, easy choice for me. If I had to pick one person from The Wire, it's either McNulty or Omar. Sorry, my mic cut. Um, I like Omar uh, more than McNulty because... Hey, McNulty! I like Omar a little bit more because he's just one-dimensional. He's a nigga that robs drug dealers. I mean, that courtroom scene with him and uh, Levy, I think, isn't that? The, the, the uh, drug people's uh, 
lawyer. That's a great scene. If you know what I'm talking about, it's a great scene. If you don't look up Omar Little court scene, it's phenomenal. I mean, he just he's he's just him. That's all he is. He's just a nigga that robs drug dealers, you know. Well, how does a man in your profession last as long as he does? One day at a time, I suppose. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, that's my list. That's my top ten of my twelve favorite TV show characters. Um, this is going to be the end. We went a little long. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, you know, send me some ideas if you want. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter. I don't even know my Twitter handle. It changes every day. Let me pull it up because it's probably fucking something absurd right now. Um, you can tweet me at my Twitter handle, underscore BCAL underscore. Um, my profile has, my profile's header picture that goes across the top of the screen is Dylan Garcia wearing a Dylan Garcia 3-0 MMA record shirt, which is, I love that. My Twitter profile picture is me holding an assault rifle, laughing maniacally, and then my name on Twitter, not my handle, my name is Africa for Africans, obviously, and then, uh... My Twitter bio is old Twitter. That's what my Twitter is. It's old Twitter. Back 2009 Twitter. You know, when you could just say whatever the fuck you wanted and no one cared. And you had like 20 followers just from your school. Bring back old Twitter. Let's finish out this episode. Listen to those songs. Cortez the Killer by Neil Young. And some Leave Something Behind by Sean Rowe. Peace out. Um, I liked my flow in this episode a little bit more. Um, I think I had a better grasp, and I think I'm getting a little bit better at this. Let's keep it rocking. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.